now it's we have levels we're not gonna fuck this episode up and okay This is the mustache derby. We're coming at you. My mustache engine. The Jew in the back. (laughs) Turn yours off. (laughs) (laughs) That still needs to go through the emission test. Uh, I don't know. A friend of mine says that mustache derby is a little too open-ended and suggestive. Well... Mustaches are a privilege. They're not just given to you. That's you, true. You got to really grow it out. You got to earn it. You've got to you got to tame it. There's a whole lot of things you got to do with this. <laughs> There's a lot. It's it's, it's not a just lot. Yeah, it's just not like some It's not like a controller or nothing or something, you know. It's not like, "Oh, I'll just I'll just play with it when I need to." <laughs> I I uh, I I came really close to killing mine today, actually. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I got a little too I got a little too free with the scissors there. I mean, just a couple. I was a couple snips shy of being um, a dictator. Oh, no. I was, I was like, shit, this is getting. <laughs> but I think I got my way out of it. I just look like a cop now. I'll, I'll deal with it in a couple of days. I've just kind of. I'm just trying it out, embracing it. Doing. Uh, I'm just tripping the ones that just get like loose. Going to the, the must. Into the nose a little. And just gym those up. <laughs> Everything else just grows. But I don't have, I don't know if I have to like get like some type of wax or something to like get it, to get it straight. Oh, you trying to like do crazy, like, like whatever those little handlebars sticking out, little, little, whisk, little crazy whiskers. Yeah, a little handlebar. I think you need something artificial to do that. I don't think that's natural. Yeah. You use earwax is the cool way to do it. I don't want to twist it. I just want like, just, you know, just out, just you gotta like shave it straight across, and then you just cheat the end a little bit. Oh, that's dumb. I, <laughs> I don't know. I have to play with it. I have to see if the wax or something will work, or if it's oil or something, or literally cheat, cheat while I shave. I don't know. I've but, gotten used to this idea of stuffing the f- essential oil in my mustache now, so I can like huff it, you know, get high while I tattoo. But I'm afraid of it. One of these days, it's all just gonna fall out. I'm gonna find out that you're not supposed to do that woke me up a little bit <laughs> it's the shit huh it was i was like uh it was like one of those little nose what are they called smell those yeah smelling salts right smelling salts where you break the thing it was just eucalyptus oil it's and like the bathroom at bar bar man like you could wake up a you could could have woke uh kurt cobain up in that bathroom after the shotgun <laughs> You're like god damn like, son of a bitch what where am, the fuck am i what am i doing where are my pants 
Damn, yeah, that would that would definitely wake up some things. If you were to like rub that on a on a, like a grave, put that on a cemetery and just drip, drip, <laughs> drip. That will get every every last soul out of the ground. <laughs> that's our that's our last ditch uh, response to like a zombie apocalypse or something. We'll, we'll unleash the undead. Zombies aren't really undead. They're they're uh, that's that's a, that's an insult to vampires. Zombies are just fucking shitty mutant things. They're they're a cheat code. They're not. <laughs> they're like like Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy. It's like how many times can I legitly kill you, but you still walk around. It still do things. Like I swear, every time somebody's brought me something from one of those '80s horror movies, it's like a guy with a knife. I draw like the wrong one every time. Like I'll look at the picture of like, oh, look, that's a Michael guy. I'll look up Michael and I'll do the. They'll bring in the drawing and they're like, no, man, this is uh, the the other one. I can't tell. <laughs> it's all this. It's just some guy. One of them has like a vague hockey mask. One of them has like a vague human mask that looks like a hockey mask. Yeah, a real pasty. I think there's another one that I don't even remember. Yeah, it's like you got like a janitor. Fucking Sinbad did that one movie where he's a fucking murderer. murdering. Sinbad? Yeah. Kazam 3. Kazam. Kazam 3. Yeah, it's the horror movie spinoff. It's bad. Sinbad. Terrible movie. The only thing I can think of him is Jingle Bells. <laughs> Jingle? Was that, was that a movie? Yeah, it's like a Christmas movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> And they all want like this action figure toy, and so like, I remember that like the two dads and they're like that, competing for it. Yeah, and so he looks like the bad guy, but little did I know that he was a comedian and all this. I was like, oh, would have never known, <laughs> <laughs> never known that Sinbad was funny. <laughs> he had moments like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Nah. He's an Air Force comedian, like. You had to laugh at his jokes, or they made you jump out of the fucking plane, you know. <laughs> so he had a soft road. He could do. He could do pretty good at uh, like TV humor, you know. Like NBC, that was kind of what NBC. I being, yeah. He was in a Good Burger. He, he killed it in Saturday Night Live. Did like he? that's like his medium of choice, so it's like pretty clean, you know. Right. He doesn't drop a bunch of f bombs and racial slurs and shit. You know, he's not. Really, I don't remember him being like. I was, he was just like he was just the he just to me encapsulates that era of like wild pajama pants when every when every yeah. person on earth wanted to wear those like no matter what you were into if you listened to like country you want you wore wild pajama pants if you listen to heavy metal wild pajama pants if you listen to rap wild fucking pajama pants oh no like for like six months we were all united in the worst fashion that ever, and this is right when fanny packs were at their peak so the whole world was united in harmony but it was wild pants and fanny packs so we decided to fight. Ever since it's basically the second tower of Babel. You forgot that they were all on rollerblades. <laughs> rollerblades, yeah. Rollerblades were optional. Didn't matter what your sexual orientation was. You could just rollerblade. No big deal. Damn. What year was that? We're thinking. 1990. I'm gonna say. Oh, that's gross. Sinbad was the fucking biggest star in the damn world for five seconds. <laughs> he won Star Search or something like that. Damn. Which that was like the American Idol from the 80s. Yeah, the only thing I remember is like, was it Arsenio Hall hosted? Arsenio it? Hall? No, maybe I don't remember him doing that show. Maybe at the end, I don't remember who it was. Some I thought he hosted it. Ah, it was some choky white guy from Leftover Set. Some guy that probably was a in Mash or some shit. I don't remember. Yeah, it. I don't. I don't like those talent shows. I don't like Mash. You like Mash? No. 
oh, our cousins would not. They'd be like, what the fuck? Oh, I despise that show. Ever since I... It yeah. always came on after all the funny, cool stuff. Whatever the hell you were clinging to on TV, because there weren't that many channels, you know, even in the early cable, you know. And like, then MASH would come on. It was like reruns. And for some... And I don't know. It was just like this... First of all, I never found that. I never got it. Even as a kid, I was like, I don't get it. How can this be funny? Like, there's people like on stretchers dying and shit and all this. I would just be watching the war in the background. Be like, dude, there's fucking helicopters blowing each other up over there. I don't care what this fucking guy in a dress is saying to the fucking colonel. You know, I couldn't track the damn jokes because I'm like, dude, that's a war. Get fucking duck, dude. They're, they're going to fucking bomb you. Why are you outside of your tent? Like, put, tell that motherfucker to put camouflage on. I, I was way too autistic for MASH. I hate it. I fucking despise it. And it came on at like 7 o'clock after your cartoons are long dead and now you've, you've sat all your Bob Saget like barely tolerable sort of funny hang in there shows are gone now it's like MASH is on you literally have to go fucking sit in your room like there's nothing else to do MASH would just because all the adults no matter what the race, creed, color, religion they all fucking tuned it to MASH they loved that fucking show the people that were like I feel like that was born, like, in, born in 60 I feel like that was like with like married with children I think you like, didn't like Married with no, Children? No, 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 I liked it, but it was always late at night. It was, it was like, like, you have to survive MASH to get to Married with Children. You see, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> so it was like, married, married with Children was funny, but then you have to be up 12, 1 o'clock. It was like a weird island, too. I don't remember ever sitting and watching like a bunch of shows with Married with Children involved. Married with Children was like this island. Like, you sat through bullshit. It was like, but right before it was like Johnny Carson, and after it was like praying nuns. Commercials (laughs) of dick pills. It wasn't like like TGIF or something where they had like a bunch of shows. No, it was just Married with Children at 1230 at night. You're like, God, thank you. Please, something other than fucking... Yeah. If you had taken this drug, you may qualify for a lawsuit against this company. You're like, God damn it. It's like, I think I remember that at first it was on uh, after Saturday Night Live, at least. Cause it was, but then when it got more popular and it wasn't quite considered as radical, then they put it before Saturday Night Live. So I remember watching it with Saturday Night Live a little bit mm. back when I would, whatever, do that. I have I'm 14 casts without watching an episode like i haven't i haven't seen saturday night live since chris farley was alive man yeah i I like rewatched the like the early 2000s i thought were pretty good they had like will ferrell jimmy fallon i guess yeah i guess i saw a little bit of that yeah those are pretty good i'd say a little of the teens like there's a few good sketches but then like now i like people like i've been snl i'm like cool like it's not a good accomplishment anymore. <laughs> it's not what it was, I guess. Well, I mean, you still you don't you don't get on that show, I guess, unless you're absolutely fucking about to be loaded. Yeah. And you got to be an A-lister. That's but. Well, then you I mean, I'll give them that. I feel like there's but, also some sketches you can't even write anymore. It's so safe and political now. Yeah. There's the one you know they've got their New York City political view, <laughs> and like whatever Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Want. Right. It's Lauren Michaels political show is like half of it, and then the other half is just safe ass shit. By 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 the standards that say, basically part of it is that all the things that they used to do that were so risque and cool, what, what makes anything cool, you know, that's been completely outdone now. There's so much more shit going on in terms of that. It's considered very tame. Meanwhile. It hasn't really, you know, managed to. It's man, it's decided to say safe instead of, you know, which is kind of the natural order, I think. Yeah. It's like Mad TV came out and was way more risque at first and was giving them a run for their money for a minute. And then. I like Mad TV a lot. 
I feel like in elementary school, that's when I watched it the most. I'd come home. I feel like it, it, so it's more timeless. I think if I could, I could watch a, a Mad TV episode at random right now, and I bet I would find it more entertaining than a random Saturday Night Live episode, especially from like anything after whatever, anything from the 2000s at all would be pretty intensely political. Or I'd even say after 2005. You know, yeah. definitely I would bet money that I would find Mad TV far funnier and relevant because it's not, it wasn't, it, they would dial in with the times a little sometimes, but mostly their jokes were more just, just it's jokes, it's just general humor. It's yeah. not so tied into trying to shift people's opinion about a political topic of that day. So it would hold up better over time. Yeah, I, I, I imagine. Yeah, because I feel like the one of the last ones I watched was like when the, I don't know how I remember this, but it was like the uh, the Bears versus the Colts in the Super Bowl. You remember that where it was like in Miami's rainy, it was like Rex Grossman, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it was like the Bears had a great defense, but they had Rex Grossman at the helm <laughs> versus Peyton Manning and the, uh, you know, was it Dwight Freeney? But <clears throat> they had a couple like I think like a bear sketch, you know, like Chicago Bears, whatever. But so that was like kind of like the one of the last times I watched it, and then I heard that they were closed or that they were ending the show. But they they've been off of like Comedy Central. They were on Fox, I think, for the last handful of years but watching a strange home for them yeah i didn't i didn't really understand that and i maybe that's another reason you know it's like i don't like watching the mainstream you know shit like fox nbc's i don't like watching those yeah so, it doesn't do much for me either <clears throat> no so mad tv i fuck my day up <laughs> yeah but yeah you're right because i'd never seen anything that was like political really it was just all humor it was all skits you know yeah, I remember them doing it early on a little, but even then, it was way higher quality. You know, <laughs> it was funnier. Like there was one with Bobby Lee where he's doing like a dragon video game, like a dragon video game, and he's <laughs> sitting on the dragon, and the director's telling him to, "There's a dragon, so you gotta stab him." And so he looks like he's, you know, taking a yeah. dick to the face. He's like, "Okay, oh, there's one on the right too. Now you gotta stab both of them." And yeah. he's just doing all these like these dick jokes and it's like i bet you can't even do that type of stuff oh no yeah and then just and the whole asian spoof of the nature of the whole thing you know the bets so it was still it was it was had more balls than saturday night live too because it would do that's what made it cool like they would go that way and so they would go after they would go into basically you know what comedy really basically really is in its pure form i think which is you know going at society itself you're, you're you're dealing with you don't have to do your current time period. There's some like Eddie Izzard does the past <laughs> a lot. You know, there's you're, there's other ways, but generally it's you know you attack the fiber, the society. That's where you you poke painfully awkward truths that make you laugh as a healing response when you <laughs> admit that these things about our culture are true or you know what I mean. I think that's it. Whereas the Lauren Michaels stuff is like we're gonna make fun of that guy and this bill he's trying to pass. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not, it's safer because you're only, you're just attacking relentlessly one group, but you know you're going to get the support of the other group. It's not, there's nothing brave about that. But what you're doing on Mad TV is you're attacking society itself and you're taking these things that you don't know who the fuck's going to get offended by that. And you're doing it. And that's, that's what real, I think, you know, a pure comedy is. Yeah. Oh, the other stuff is uh, propaganda, <laughs> ultimately. That's what made Saturday Night Live fucking fall apart for me. It was just propaganda just like everything else yeah i mean everything ultimately is propaganda we're all we're pushing our opinions right now but there's 
I don't know. I think there's a, a gentleman's line. <laughs> yeah. They've, they've Past been... this point, you are the Herman Goebbels, you know, or whatever his first name was. Goebbels. You're that guy. Goebbels. No, there's definitely a, a divide. Goebbels. Goebbels. Uh. <laughs> Goebbels. Goebbels don't like. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's our new soundbite for uh you know, whenever, whenever we encounter yeah, propaganda. Yeah. Look at us. We're just inventing shit. This is probably the worst show we've ever done. What, what well, do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I think that they've we recorded something before last week that we get we didn't get to, which was a cool Quentin Tarantino movie that I think should I think should work in the in the world of Tarantino. That'd be a a, a Cherokee, not a Cherokee, uh, Apache Indian. They're in the tribe, and is this one kid? He's out fucking around with his friends. And then they come back to their their hut, their village. And there's like smoke and stuff. Things are burning. They're like, what the fuck? And it's like maybe like all the men died or something and all the women and children got taken. So he has to do this fucking savage run to go get his family back. So he encounters maybe, you know, the guy who did it could be Mel Gibson. <laughs> it could be it could be Johnny Depp, I don't know. It's it's probably more or less gonna be uh that guy Madison, Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blonde took the you know, the children the women and children. <laughs> oh Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. Yeah, yeah. So he'll probably be the bad guy or the good guy. But either way, Mel Gibson's probably gonna fight Michael Madsen. And at the very end, there's going to be just Mel Gibson should be the Indian leader. You just want him because that's an easy way out. I just want to see Mel Gibson with long hair killing Englishmen from every possible perspective on this earth. (laughs) He hasn't done Indian yet. He's been a Scottishman. He's been a fucking American colonist. Um, Mad Max is basically about the Australian War for Independence. I don't know if you know that. He likes fucking up L.A. and Lethal Weapon. You know, he likes dislocating his shoulder. He maybe can just <laughs> pop pop the kid in the in the mouth of the shoulder. I'll throw a fucking throw a tomahawk. Riggs. Like Tatonka Mike. You killed me Tatonka. <laughs> Freedom <laughs> It'd be it'd be like uh, Wanashi or something, you know, something something native. I don't know. I think that it would work if you if Mel Gibson as I would go like Pontiac or something and go like East Coast Indians in the 1700s fighting the, like the British and have Mel Gibson be the bad guy. And then you know, then you get to see Mel Gibson get scalped and it would be like even the people who hate him, you know if Mel Gibson's the bad guy in an indie movie by fucking Quentin Tarantino, you know that motherfucker's getting scalped at some point. Like there's no way that's the obvious the obvious goal line for for old Q. And so, you know, you would even get people who hate the movie to go pay five bucks to see it or 
So he'd be the Frenchman or the Indian? Because you're talking probably like the French American War or whatever, French French Indian. No, there's a bunch of times. Oh, you could have a beat. They all, everybody killed the Indians that was from Europe. <laughs> like at some point, no, none of them were all were homies the whole time or with everybody. Like the English had in British. Uh, the British had a uh, Indian allies in the in the. Americans in the Revolutionary War had some brief Indian Indian ally things going on. The French had obviously a lot of Indian allies at the you know the famous period for us, which is the French and Indian War. Did Any of those? You just put a, put Mel Gibson put him is a, a fucking white guy colonist. I don't give a fuck what flag he's got. Let's put him. <laughs> he gets fucking scalped. Put him in an era where there was a mustache. What if the Indian was Mel Gibson too? So now let's say uh, we got CGI. We could make Mel. We could just be Mel Gibson's scalping Mel Gibson's, killing Mel Gibson's, raping and pillaging Mel Gibson's. We could figure out with advanced CGI that we have now. We could probably make little Mel Gibson women and children. That'd be the, the having them like screaming. That'd just and be running. like you just pretty much face swap a whole movie. You would, yes, you would just face swap ten thousand BC or something. Except for, uh, except for the there'll be one character. And who's that? Macaulay Culkin. That's done. Hey, that's the no, boy. That's the boy. That that's the Indian child. He's the Indian child, but we're gonna use modern day Macaulay Culkin on a on a three year old Native American boy's face. We're gonna post modern like thirty eight year old uh, post uh, heroin and, and pizza. Gate, Macaulay Culkin, with a beard, you know. Okay. And and you'll be wondering what this kid's gonna do. What this kid's gonna do. And then like, all of a sudden he just gets like hit by a train. And then does still... he have scars on him from battle, previous battles? <clears throat> does he look like he doesn't want any a part of society, or does he look <laughs> like he wants to be a part of society, but he's at the edge of town he looks like he looks like he just feels like he was meant for something bigger and and, and he's reevaluating his career is he by himself? considering his options is he by himself or is he with a family he's alone in a crowded room maybe if we make a more uh, revolutionary war home alone and mel gibson <laughs> is the bad guys <laughs> and he's with <laughs> So, no, it'll be the well, but now it's the Indians. Wait, we, we just made the Indians the bad guys. We gotta put the Indians as the good guys. So the Indians are in the house. Home alone. Uh, I don't. I, I feel bad karma creeping around me. On all, I just want to stop. It's getting too bad. They reevaluating this. Uh, I changed this movie. my mind. You don't like this outcome. I think it should be more like like a, like a Fast and the Furious sequel. Is what I'm feeling now. So with horses. With horses. So it'd be like Zorro. <laughs> Zorro. You stand on top of them and hit tree branches. The Fast and the Furioso. And then you make the O into also an A. The Rapido and the Furioso. The Rapido and the Furioso. Featuring. Mel Gibson. And Bing Rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll raise you for that burrow, partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was this your... the DEA? We have to steal all these horses from the from the triple the triple U gang. <laughs> the triple U gang, little boys, they're out there at the bar playing some cards. We we gotta jump onto this moving train with horses. 
Come on, Vin. Don't touch me. Don't touch me, okay? Let me figure this out. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You want me to do it? I'll put put that revolver in my mouth. Pull it. Do it. You won't. What was your What's your favorite Mel Gibson movie? Um What's your favorite and what's one that's Schindler's List and underrated? That's Schindler's List was my favorite Mel Gibson production. Not Passion of the Christ? No. <laughs> I actually that's I watched Passion of the Christ when it first came out just because I wanted to see what all the hubble was about. It was horrible. It's horrible. Isn't that like the second one? They don't like William Dafoe do. That one's kind of cool. That's totally different. That one's that one's cool because most of the Christians actually who most if Christ, most that I've met, um, traditional Christians can't stand that movie. That's why it's cool. It, it just like puts a different a couple different concepts in at the very end that are interesting. Yeah. The best part, my favorite part of that movie is you know how they say Jesus is a carpenter. Yeah. What do you think he was making? A cross. In that movie, he makes crosses. That's so he's like a sellout, and so he starts out, and like nobody will believe him because he's like this like sellout. That's he like he sat where he ate. Yeah, yeah, he and he's he like fucking Harvey Keitel shows up in the beginning, and he's a he's assassin. He's a Jewish assassin from the temple, and he comes to kill Jesus. But I guess they knew each other in school or something, and so he's like, "Hey, Jesus, seriously, stop making crosses, or I'm gonna have to fucking kill you. You're on the list. We're talking about you right now." You're a Jew who kills Jews, blah, 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 blah. And that's like how it started. It's just a cool premise. That was alone. I was immediately sold. I was like, this is cool. And then, you know, and then it just takes a slightly different turn and leads to whatever, other stuff that I don't want to ramble about all that. But then the other one, The Passion of the Christ you brought up, horrible. Like, when you go back and watch, there's some movies I can watch, and I don't know when I became a snob, but you just the way they're shot, you can just tell it was made by, like, a fucking shitty backup television crew like the, just the angles and i just some of them i hate you know and uh the one that uh yeah passion of christ looks like i mean it's just like all shot in these boring horizontal cheesy dialogue shots that never move and everybody's centered right in the middle of the frame and the sound editing is bad. it's like one of the worst produced movies as far as production value like the sh- the shots, the lighting, the editing. You can tell like it was like Mel's first time. It's worse than television. You feel like you're watching a sh- some shit on like Mormon TV and it's on, on seven in the morning, like made by like public access, made by like your local church. It's really bad, really cheaply made. Worse than General Hospital. Way worse. Yeah, yeah. Worse than a soap. It's like a soap opera. It's like watching a soap opera except with a shittier set. And then on top of that, yeah, and then it's like snuff porn basically it's just it's like an hour and 45 minutes of this dude just like getting whipped and bleeding and stuff and getting you know kicked and whipped and spit on and i mean it, but it, it's just that's that's the movie it's just to make you feel bad for jesus because of how bad he got beat up and it's, it's just two hours of morbidity yeah. and it's it's it makes hostile i think hostile is like has more of a plot and it's like it's worse than hostile there I mean, I would say one of the worst movies I've seen. At least one of the one of the worst movies, yeah, I've seen is probably Twelve Monkeys. Oh, <laughs> that movie took so long. Are you serious? You don't know what's going on. 
Brad Pitt's losing his mind. You don't know what the hell Bruce Willis is even there for. Just get me out. And then you just. Oh, I love that movie. That movie was not good. That's your worst movie of all time? I mean, it's it's up there. That one. I would also put. uh, I mean, I I watched uh, Brad Pitt's new movie, Ad Astra. Astra. It's like a space movie. So essentially, his dad is Tommy Lee Jones, or Tommy Lee, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, right? So he, that's his dad. He went years before on this project. They're like, hey, we need you to. They go like rescue your dad, essentially. So they recruit him. It is so. It is just dragging on. It's probably one of Brad Pitt's worst movies. It's just him narrating. He's just like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> why am I coming out here? It's the truth. It's the, the truth. I'm nothing about Brad Pitt speaks sci-fi to me. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I just he's see, too handsome. The very space. look of him in a spacesuit doesn't f- seem believable to me. Well, it's like you know, he's a handsome guy, and you're like, you don't have any fucking problems. You would have got laid too much to study. You would have never been an astronaut. You would have oh, never been a scientist. In the beginning, he has his problems. He with makes like, a good spy. His wife is like Liv Taylor, Tyler. So like she like they're having like a problem. You're like, all right, cool. And then when you see Tommy Lee Jones, that guy looks like he looks like a drawing. He is his eyes are sagging. He's just that guy's got to be ancient. He's ready for retirement. So you see him, you're like, what the fuck? Where's this guy? (laughs) This guy's literally been on. He's like out by like (laughs) Neptune. It's it's a terrible movie. So that's that, bad when you know you got cast because they they're like oh, too good. You news. look like you're about to die. Like you look freakishly weird. Like you've been on a on Pluto for f- ten years. The weird thing is he signed up. He's like yeah okay. I was wondering about that. You ever think about like the really weird actors or the super fat guys or the really ugly women, and you know that they know when they get that call that that's why the calls for like the guy from Ghost that teaches Patrick Swayze how to fight. I don't know he's in a bunch of '80s movies. He's one of the go-to weird-looking dudes. He's a bald, tall. He's like a. I think he was a comedian, but he's he's like a tall. No, no, he looks like. A, anyway, he's he's bald and he's got fluffy, weird afro hair that goes around the side of his head, but not on top. He's like bald, like a clown hair, and he's got this big, crazy nose and these big droopy eyes and whatever. Anyway, you get the idea. Just this fucked-up-looking dude, and he's in all these movies. And you know, like what would they be like? It's like, eh. Yeah, I make a lot of money because I'm ugly as fuck. Whatever. I mean, uh, just I mean, uh, or the really fat guy that gets you know, like he knows why they called him. Like, we're looking for a guy who has a brown shirt. No, man, they're looking for the fucking massive fat comedian. You know, that's that's why all these fucking fat comedians end up dying on cocaine and shit because it's it's depressing as fuck. Everybody laughs at you, but they're laughing at you because you're, you know. But when they sign up, they're probably like, yeah, they probably want me for this role, but. Obviously, I'm an actor. I have, think the ego I'm, just covers it. Yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm beautiful. I can do this. I, they'll see me in a different <laughs> light than this. They see me as an, ex- yeah. They probably, do. They, you know, they'll, they'll tell you what you want to hear. I'm sure they're like, they, they probably read some Hemingway. We're looking for a guy with a really fiery personality and kind of an edgy look. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I want to buy a house. Yeah, <laughs> done. And then you just believe what they tell you. I almost fell for those suckers once. Like when I was out in LA, I was a fucking total rube. I was I went to a 
supposed casting thing because I was just like bored and I was like, well, I should get a job. And I was looking at tattoo jobs, like, eh. And I'm like an idiot. I fucking go through Craigslist. I'm looking at all the other ads and I'm wow. like, oh, yeah. And I went to one of these audition things. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't porn. But I get in there and yeah, just a big hustle. And they told me everything. I mean, it was amazing how intricate they'll go though. They hired the, the staff of people it was literally all when I boiled it down a scam to get you to t take like a $300 photograph with this guy who was supposedly a connected photographer. Right. I'm pretty sure when I, after this, I looked into it and I, you know, I was, after I pulled my hat out of my ass, I was reading all the, up on, on this company, everything I could. And then talking to a couple people who were trying to act out there and had been hustled already. And we came to the conclusion that the hustle was this photographer. So you give him 300 bucks. So basically, just to get 300 bucks off of you, these people have a room rented that's furnished in an office with an extra office-looking room, like just to deceive you. But the point is, it's a it's a decorated office. That's a, it's fairly. It's got. Is it like a set studio? I believe I counted four or maybe five employees. No, not like a set studio, like an office, like like a talent agency office would be, or okay. what they, they would try to convince you is right. But they have like five or six employees plus the photographer. That probably make it six, we'll say at the least. So six people working together to get your three hundred bucks. So they're making fifty bucks off of you by the time I said So they're but that's how much they're just slicing people up as they come through the door. And like just, you know, wham bam thinking and then I mean it's very intricate. Anyway, I went there and fell for that shit. But they tell you what you want to hear. That was the point of the story. They tell you fucking they're like to me, it was like, Oh yeah, and I fucking God, I'm an idiot. It was like yeah, you know, uh, you might fit the look. We're looking for kind of like a, a kind of athletic guy. We said they needed like a, we're trying to sell an, an aspirin pill or some shit like that. It was something for painkiller or something. And so I was going to play like, but they wanted it to appeal to like young, modern white guys. So they needed like a young, tattooed, athletic looking dude that was a believable, you know, and like, can you play basketball as well? I was like, not really. Well, can you bounce it? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're in. You know, go take a picture with this photographer. And then a friend of mine slapped the shit out of me and talked some sense into me. And They're probably like, this guy right here, if you don't, you could see, he looks like Lou Ferrigno over there. Come on, he's athletic. He could do this. They, that's what they do. They sniff out what you need to hear. I mean, they make it fairly believable. So they, they put come, an image Tommy in Lee head. Jones, like, Tommy Lee, we're looking for a guy who's like the next Marlon. You're like the, our generation's Marlon Brando, which is, you know. True, oh, true. Because no. he he's becoming a total freak, and they took advantage of it and threw it in a movie. I mean, what part of Mar Marlon Brando at the very end? I think oh, that the the Hollywood, the, the very little roles that he gets from Hollywood are at the very end are somewhat exploitative. They only would put him on really weird shit. But I mean, the motherfucker weighed seven hundred pounds. Like he was, his ego no, and so personality ours, had gotten really crazy. So what so else? So ours could it be? died. Wolfer Wolfer Brimley. Was our Marlon Brando? Wilford Brimley was our Marlon. What? <laughs> <laughs> he just passed away. Our, our... But it's... so it's diabetes again now, right? Oh, Officially, gosh. that means it's diabetes now. Or... Do we all have to say diabetes? Diabetes. I've stopped doing diabetes, and if you have diabetes, you can take that pill. But you don't talk to the doctor. You know what I'm talking about, partner? I think Cocoon is. One of the most best movies ever made about diabetes. <laughs> I cried. Every time I watch Cocoon, I cry. Because I realize that hot Australian chick is like cocoon? fucking 60 now. And she's not hot anymore. I hear you and mom always talking about this. What's Cocoon? I've, I've heard of the movie, but like... It's a, tell me it's like a caterpillar will eat 
like leaves and stuff there's it's like life stages right and it crawls around like on a tree and it eats like a fucking ton of leaves and gets really big and fat and then it sp- hangs itself from a tree and it spins the hard fibers of everything it just ate slowly regurgitated and reinforced with its own digestive enzymes and it forms sort of an adobe brick around itself and it goes all the way from its head to its toe with a little connecting point from a branch and it'll hang there and once it finishes it th- this structure is like pretty much impervious to you know getting broken into by damn or any animal I don't, I don't think I'm following <laughs> yeah it's so and anyway the structure is called a cocoon and actually when the cocoon opens um the caterpillar comes out but it's not a caterpillar anymore it's a bat uh then they suck your blood well i did not know that Mm -hmm. but the movie Mm -hmm. i fucking hate bats you're stupid (laughs) when's the last time you actually saw a cocoon i helped make a couple cocoons uh, I've been finding either that or the same caterpillar gets getting lost or maybe it's not a caterpillar maybe it's some kind of flesh eating creature that's trying to fuck me up and I keep trying to put it in a tree but there's I keep seeing these caterpillars walking across my sidewalk and I put them up in the tree so I haven't seen a cocoon lately but I've seen caterpillars and I've saved two of their lives I think or it's the same one and he got a lot bigger and I saved his life twice I don't think I've seen Excuse me. I don't think I've ever seen a, a cocoon before. I don't think I've ever seen like a a butterfly ever get ready to like just like post up at in a branch or a leaf and just sit there and meditate, and hibernate. A butterfly? What? Yeah, don't. Once it gets out of that cocoon, it's a fucking butterfly. It's off and running, man. It's got like it. three days to live. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. It's weird they work so hard to become fucking sexy as fuck for three days and then die. They have a lot in common with us. I you bet ever, we would do that if we could. You ever been to the Butterfly Pavilion? How many people do you think? All right. No. You've never been to the Butterfly Pavilion? No. It's like a butterfly museum and they have live... All types of shit. All types of, uh, like, moths. They have butterflies. They have have spiders. They have a tarantula that you can hold. And we went there as a kid. And it was... I mean, it was kind of stupid, honestly. I mean, you're... I'm not a butterfly guy. No, but But I got to hold the little tarantula. And I was like, all right, yeah. Fuck it. If it's not going to bite me. I was like, all right. And I held it. And I seen a couple people... You know, hold on. I'm like, all right, if, they, if it didn't bite them, why would it bite me? And I held it, went in like across pretty much my my uh, left hand, and it paused. Like, yeah, it was like trolling and just paused. I was like, uh, it, it senses fear. Yeah, I was like, fuck, what is this, dude? You fucking, what type of shenanigans? And then it just kept walking on my right hand. I was like, yeah, get him the fuck off. He almost fucking bit me. <laughs> so I'm thinking about it. Yeah, he's like, ooh, ginger, ginger alert. Ooh. <laughs> What's new in the world today? Let's see. Uh, 
sports is all started and most of the playoffs. Guys. Playoffs for hockey. Playoffs for basketball will start next week. And then uh for a couple teams it's full pads for football for practice. I heard there's no preseason. There I thought there was be one game, but I think yeah, I think they canceled. The majority of the college game, uh, college divisions have now moved to spring, right? Is that true? Some of them are. So some Mountain West. I don't know the so certain certain conferences are handling it differently. So like the Pac-12 is closed, the Big Ten is closed, the SEC SEC is, I believe, still open. ACC is open. Big 12 is open. I don't know if Mountain West is, but some of them have moved it to the spring, and some of them are just like, no, and some are like, no, you're, you're playing. Hmm. So I don't know if like... Cause cause massive scheduling problems. So what, they'll just cancel the games that are conflicting? Maybe. I mean... You know, because what happens when Ole Miss plays USC? So you just cross that game off, I assume. You can't wait until spring and then add that into the season there. But then again, they're all on the same schedule, so they're all waiting until summer at the earliest to have their championship because half the schools are already. Well, it's like if you have a... You're not going to have a championship in January if half the schools haven't played yet. Right? They all have to wait at least for the championship until summer, basically. But then again, it's like when when do you draw the line for the combine, the draft? Right, camp. that's true. It might, yeah. So this weird. So this, this could create new divisions. The, they could also create new divisions, and it could also just have teams say, "All right, I'm going to go over here now. I'm not in this conference if you're not going to play, and we're right. ready." I wonder because I feel like I feel like the the part of the move that's interesting to me is I do I feel that everybody was waiting for football to to throw its weight around, and then football kind of went softer than people expected, at least in the sports world, right? People thought football was going to fight with the uh, status quo a little bit more on on more concessions. But in general, they've pretty much just conceded to having digital games. Um, and I don't think most, a lot of people expected that. They expected them to at least resist it a little bit, at least to argue for a week, you know? And that didn't happen. So when when the when football decided to just fucking sit down and chill... College, I think, was just waiting for for the NFL to throw its power and money around. And once the NFL basically did not do that, uh, I can see a lot of the schools going, okay, well, now it makes more sense for us. And I'm not saying right or wrong, but I can see the the logic would be now it makes more sense for us to put our games back into the spring so that instead of making half revenue or whatever that percentage is, you know, because – live revenue in a 130,000-person stadium in, like, some of the really big fucking places in the Midwest. Uh, let's assume $100 average spent per head. That includes beverages and food and tickets, which I think is extremely conservative. That's $13 million per game. So it's got to be a huge piece, even with all the money coming in from conferences and merchandising and um, television. That's a lot of money. So I think that they're thinking, instead of giving that money up completely for a year, let's bet on that things are going to obviously chill out, or, well, that's what they think, by that point at least, and we'll be able to have real games. And then we'll make 
this extra, you know, so what? What is what is seven? What do you think? Six home games? Six home games? One hundred thirteen million? That's that's uh, you know eighty million dollars you're talking about. So I think that's the strategy some of the schools had was we're gonna since it didn't go the way we were hoping and we're not gonna be able to have all these games, let's postpone till spring so we can hope to make all the money instead of half the money. Whereas in the other conferences are saying we're not gonna let these guys, you know, everything is going nowhere. They're not showing any signs of whatever. We're gonna start playing now. And within a couple of weeks when we have no problems, as soon as possible, we're going to start. And they're probably betting that things during the season will open up, and they think it's better to just keep things on schedule and make the money off of that point forward. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no question like this here is like a hiccup, you know what I mean? Like baseball, 60, 60 games, playoffs. Still too many baseball games. It's it is a little bit much, but you're also not like, oh, these guys are just taking their time, waiting for the 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 hill. The s-. So like, bas- uh, basketball and hockey are going to be weird because right now is their off season. They usually don't their season doesn't start till October, late October. So they're really not going to have an off season. So are they going to be more fatigued? You know, this next year coming up. Yeah, I would think you would see the rash of injuries the following season when everybody didn't rest and didn't, you know. Yeah, but then this is why the NCAA. I mean, it's I think it's about money. I mean, that's you had a really good point with the draft, though. The NCAA, like like the combines. Yeah. And well, if you think about like so, the two two top quarterbacks will be coming out this year. One of them can play because he's in the right conference. And then the other one can't play because his conference just shut down. Um, so what happens if you have a number one and number two quarterback that can go in the draft, but the number two right. can't prove himself this year to maybe go number one? Right. Like let's say you're UCLA and you're playing in the spring. Cause is that correct? Right. They're they're one of the conferences that are playing in the spring. Right. It seems like most of the Western conferences put put off. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. So your team is playing in the spring. Right. And uh, and you have, like, this quarterback or, or a really good wide receiver. You have, like, some top, top guy in this situation you're describing. Well, with what they're betting on, if they bet correctly, that puts them in an even in exactly an extra fucked position, like you're saying. Because if they're correct, that things level off p- politically by next spring so that they can sell concessions and have fans and all this stuff. If they're right about that, well, here's the other problem. This puts the NFL back on schedule, as you're saying. If the NFL's back on schedule, the NFL just is going to take a beating right now. They're not going to be fucking around trying to negotiate with the NCAA about making their money next year to get back into make get back into the, the black and the green. You know what I mean? They want to make that money up immediately. So when next season comes around in this scenario, and if they're correct and the games are back over, well, if the games are back over, that means everything's back on. That means training's back on. That means the combines are back on. The NFL is not going to have any patience or sympathy for anybody. It's going to care about nothing other than that dollar. Yeah. And so that means that, yeah, all these clubs, all these college clubs that are pushing their shit back to the spring are all going to be put in this fucked-ass position where I guess their players are going to be drafted midseason at best, best-case scenario. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to hurt. Like, It has to hurt the cap salary in the years to come. Because no longer, like Patrick Mahomes may have got, everyone 
I mean, I hear mixed results, but like he signed a big deal, but not as big as he could have. And maybe the theory is like he he took a little less so he could have tools around to him. keep his team competitive. Yeah, so he could have robbed him, I guess, and just give me all the money. But he he took a lot of money, but he also was like, here's some money to keep the core and keep, you know, job win, whatever. Um, So he got in, but does that mean quarterback salaries now go back down? You're not going to get paid 30-plus million a year. You're going to get paid maybe 15, you know what I mean? You're going to get paid more like a corner. Does the NFL pull the move that uh, Dillard's pulled where they tell all their employees they have to come back for a percentage of what they used to make because COVID? Oh, shit's fucked up. We're not making the money we used to make. You need to work for $4 less an hour. That's what they're doing in businesses across America. (laughs) Do you think the NFL is going to pull that with their big ticket guys? I mean, they just signed that CBA too. I was just thinking that. Like, isn't that convenient in a way? I think it's they're lucky that they signed it now because what happened, man, if, if that CBA was next year and they go into the CBA after having a year with no preseason games, the NFLPA is going to be coming hard. They're going to be like, if you want us to play preseason games, you're going to fucking pay up. They're going to be like, no preseason games. We did it last year. Everything was fine. They have all these arguments based. You know what I mean? They would be. So if they wanted to get the preseason games back, they would have to fight. But they fucking signed a new CBA, so... It's, but then again, that same new CBA fucks them in another way because now they have they just agreed to all these raises. Yeah, it's it's just so weird because now we could have the playoffs is extended to another team, so instead of six teams, it's seven. But you know, they could probably call a new CBA, an emergency. There must be some way to get an emergency meeting together because everybody's gonna. I bet that happens. They're going to be like, we need to renegotiate a bunch of shit. I don't know. That would be interesting. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, you're going to be, they're going to lose money, but. Collective bargaining agreement for people who are not sad that we're talking about the <laughs> agreement between the NFL and the players on how much money. But it's also like, share. I think it could be a, I would say a good thing, but it's like, how much money do you really need to play? You know what I mean? Like, is Patrick Mahomes worth four to $500 million? No, <laughs> no, no money. So it's like, really, can we like cut it back? <coughs> you get maybe, let's say you get more guarantee, but less, less money. I guess you know what I mean. In the end, so you get more of like, you get this amount of money guaranteed, but your salary, as far as what we can do, has to lower. Do you think yeah. maybe that would be some type of agreement? But they have 17 games that they could do. They have seven teams from each conference, each division going in, so that's another team. But then you're going to take concessions. The TV rights stuff is still going to – it's going to be – They'll make more money than ever off of TV. I'm sure they'll hone that. And so that's where they're going to get the majority but of their money. They're going to be fine. I don't think it's going to make up for this, the, the – that's a huge amount. Of, for the NFL team, that's – you know, for the Broncos, I think an average person at a Bronco game – what do you think? 150 like, bucks, 200 bucks. Well, what are you dropping? Average. Well, there's certain teams that are gonna have fans, but like Green Bay, uh, the Giants and where the Jets play are closed. You got to think the Coliseum is probably closed, right? It's L.A. Coliseum could fit 90,000, 80, 90,000 uh, seats. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's closed, but I know Green Bay and the New York Stadium is closed. I don't know about Buffalo. But, like, the they're just like, we're not having it. I don't like, know they won't even have home games this year? They'll have home saying? games, but no odd no, no. Oh, okay. So you're saying that some of the stadiums have already said, we won't have games no matter what the NFL decides. We won't have fans. We won't have fans, but we'll have a game. So I don't know. So what are the other stadiums saying? We're going to try and have fans, and they're going to try to do it. So what I've heard from like Broncos is, if you, I don't know how true it is, is that the one of the players get a certain amount of tickets to get like two to five tickets, I think. From oh, the they're going to do that thing where there's like fucking twelve people in each section. They may do that, but no, it's like it doesn't even count. If you know. It's going to have to do something with the uh, season ticket, maybe, and then if you know, you know, the players, coaching staff, because they have, like, two or three tickets that they offer. If it's anything less than 50%, I'm not even like, that counts as an empty stadium. It's going to be less than 50. Yeah, then that's, that's just empty. That's not, okay. It's so gonna that, be, that, everybody's doing empty. It's going to be a Charger game every game. Yeah, that's, that's just, no that's one. just empty. <laughs> People five seats away. No, that's that's empty. That's not. You know what I mean? You're, you've got massive amounts of artificial noise. You've got all the fakery. You've got all the bullshit. I think I've seen that. I've been I've been keeping an eye on what's going on over in Europe here and there. And some of them have the fans, but some of them, you see the soccer. They're using the. You know, you got that much more advertising space. Yeah. In the in the in using the seats and stuff. Of course, I don't think the NFL. They're the last game on earth to wanna put money towards that the, the, they, they hate they hate anything that's real-time advertising because they like their commercial breaks yeah i mean like every soccer game they use the sands as like a big green screen and then they could just yeah advertise they do a couple fans but it's not as good as like i'm get as a fan watching from on tv when i watch the basketball game where they snuck in the guy from weekend oh go ahead sorry uh, like baseball, from a, when you're watching it on TV and you see cardboard, you're like, yeah, but it's something that's filled for the viewer at home, right? Because you can't be there. They pump in some noise. It kind of sounds like a baseball game, kind of quiet. Well, when something happens. So it's like, okay, it looks like a, it feels like a normal game. And what I, what I tell myself is, oh, it's construction at the stadium, like, they can't be there because they're renewing something. I tell myself just to make myself feel better. <laughs> they got construction on the two level. You, you never know. You need like a fantasy. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they got to do it right now. They're no stands. They're taking a dip. We got to play this baseball game before our parents come home and catch us. <laughs> yeah. That's what I tell myself every time. I'm like, they're just doing construction. That's the thing. It's not a virus. It's a construction ordeal. Oh. The bait, basketball, that virtual wall. It's going to be funny in football games when they fuck up the crowd noise. Well, you know that's coming. They're going to be like, a guy's going to get tackled. Somebody's going to fucking push the crowd noise button on the wrong direction of a play. It's going to rub your skin so wrong. You know, you're know, going to be watching Oakland on the road, and they're going to get a first down. And it's going to be like, woo! And be like, well, oh, fuck. It's weird because Atlanta got in trouble for pumping in noise. The Falcons. They all do that. Well... Not well, not the Broncos and so much, no. but the uh, the Seahawks are ultra guilty of that, and the Cowboys. They've, we've known that for years. Well, the, the Cowboys they pumped in too much apparently. But the Falcons got caught because they were pumping in sound because there was no fans, so they had to make up sound. 
where Cowboys was like, you can have an app and tap the screen. And <laughs> that shit counts as the same bullshit. No, right. But, but now and the Seahawks, meanwhile, oh, but just because they have a sold-out stadium, they can fucking amplify their crowd all they want. The Seahawks have been amplifying that stadium since it was built. That's that the man. That's, they, no, that's it's the not. 12, they, that's the 12th man. Bullshit. No, they, they, they fucking... They, they, that's the 12th oh, man. Horseshit. 12th man's good over there. No, well, Seattle has a fucking certain decibel. They fucking... They, they then how rebroadcast their shit. They boost. I would it. believe the Seahawks, uh, and they have a roof. How would, fucking gay is that? I would believe CenturyLink can make more noise than Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, it has a roof, and it has fucking speakers. It doesn't have a roof. It, it has, has cheating ass speakers. It has little woofers, but there's a gap in the middle. Ooh! If you look at it, it's not as big. It's not a. It's not a stadium. Some fucking noise. It's not an indoor. It's not a Mercedes Benz. No man, Seattle like straight up. It was one. Of, I've seen a a, a thing. The, the the Seattle guy, the guy that worked at the stadium, whatever, was talking about. It was him on television. Like, hey, we're a cutting edge stadium. Come here, Worker Joe. You know, it was like History Channel or some shit. You know, technology and fucking t and television. And how it's, like, how it's this made. is a speaker. Yeah, how it's made. This is how we play. And then we just boost the sound so the games sound louder. We've been very proud of it. when the stadium was built. We just yeah, motherfucker. They fucking amplify their shit. Seattle's fans are a bunch of goddamn sheep with microphones. I think Denver does it <laughs> on third down. No. It's third down. And then it starts rumbling. A little bit, and then we Oh, uh, and then yeah. everyone. But they well, do that on purpose. We fucked it up. It used to be louder. With, the old stadium was better. It was steeper. Yeah. You, you could spit on the field if you knew what you were doing. But Really. But like, and like, that kept the sound in so much more. Now they've moved it back so that you can't spit on the field anymore, or whatever. Old you can put on the Raiders if you get close enough. No but, one will see you. But they do that on third down. They third down and it like does this fake like rumble. Sure. And then you hear you feel the rumble because you hear people behind you start start stomping. But that shit's pumped in too. We do it. We're as guilty as everyone else. No. No. Every stadium is guilty. Blasphemy. You will. Whose house? You're a Jew killing Jews. No. You're like Jesus building crosses. I'm William Defoe. You're William fucking Defoe. From Boondocks? From that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Latte twisted lemon. <laughs> oh, you were saying that you've been reading Shakespeare recently. Yeah, yeah I'll admit that. Okay. Okay. I don't have uh, I don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> I got books. <laughs> I'm supposed to have Wi-Fi, but uh, I wake up every morning and you gotta get I better shit to do, man. Get internet. So you can... I hate talking to customer service ever for anything. It doesn't. Take I hate that it long. so much. I know. Suppose I believe you. You gotta pet me up. You gotta call me at like 10:30 in the morning and be like, Hey, Doug, you're gonna make this call. It's gonna be okay. Next podcast. Next podcast is at your your house because you're gonna have Wi-Fi. All right, you better call me at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Coach me into fucking. So you got. Yeah, I need a pep talk. I guarantee you. I'll, you you can give me pie fighter right now. I will go to bed. I'll wake up tomorrow. I'll be like, all right, what's I got? Mother's Day. Call Comcast. <laughs> Fuck that. Anyway, I will smoke a bowl and work out. <laughs> like, that, no fucking way. <laughs> that is what you will do. I can't pep talk you. <laughs> you just gotta have it. I hate talking to pep talk. You get people. it. You just get internet. That way you could play video games. You could have... No, I'm reading Shakespeare. Life's good. 
Yeah, what have you been reading? Fucking weird-ass, weird-ass grammar from the 1400s. <laughs> the grammar's not so bad, but the names are a bitch. Because it's like, it's all political. And so, he, he he's, I don't know, he's, he's just, he's really, different time period, right? And like, he's really, really hung up on tracking people's change in um, class or whatever, like, as they upgrade, as people level up. And they become different things, like the Duke of Gloucester becomes the Earl of Warwick or whatever. They fucking change the character name. And it's just these subtle things. The king will be like, yes, well, you did very well. You are now Earl of Warwick. And then all of a sudden it goes on. And then all of a sudden Earl of Warwick starts saying shit. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? It's the fucking guy that was... And then it gets really bad when, like, the Earl of Warwick gets killed. And then another Duke of Gloucester comes along. And then he fucking gets... You know, before you know it, there's like... Seven guys that could all be... You don't even know who the hell the names are. That's the hardest part for me. It's the titles. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? Is this the fucking same guy as before? I can't remember. Did this guy die? Has this guy been replaced? Did this guy just get promoted? Is this the same dude that fucking raped the princess? Or did his, did his head get cut off or was that a dream? You don't, fuck. Write, you don't write their names and what kind of fuck? I'm about to. I'm about to create a little chart. I'm going to track people's names. Anytime somebody dies, I'm going to keep a log of it. Anytime somebody has their fucking title chain, I'm going to keep a little log. Like, that's what it takes to do. I'm trying to read. I read Edward, and then they link together. What are you reading? I'm, I did Edward the Sixth, and then now I'm doing Richard the Third. And I'm still trying to figure out if they're the same Edward and Richard. Because here's the other thing that's a bitch about English people and Shakespeare and fucking English people. They're all goddamn Richard Edward and Henry. Every single fucking one of them. And, and if they're not... Oh, yeah, you know what happens to Alfred when he becomes king of, Ed, king of England? He changes his fucking name to Henry. I swear to fucking God. They all... It's its like a musical chairs. They're worse than any other religious group. You could, all the shit I ever talked about. Like, you know, whatever. People, everybody's name is Mario. Or everybody's name is fucking Vlad. Or what, no, no, no. The English are the worst. <laughs> worst. They're, yeah, Alfred. There's a couple Alfreds, but they all change their name to Henry, Richard... Or Edward. And and they're not necessarily one of the ones with numbers because they don't live long enough to like do whatever it is that makes you officially count as a king, then no, you don't count. So there's actually like thirty seven fucking Edwards. It's just that most of them got killed in a week. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in the chart that I have. It's like how many kids do you have? And then this branches off and Oh, it it yeah. doesn't make sense of, like, how their, their chart works. I want to look at your chart now, because I'm trying to get into that War of the Roses stuff and figure out, like, if your chart's from, like, before or after it or leading up to it. Because oh, that's one thing that would make it really complicated. Well, the thing is, in the, that show I was watching, The Last Kingdom, they had a guy that one of the Danes was Canute, right? Yes. But, but the year on the poster doesn't add up to the year... That they're doing it. Like, he's he's a couple hundred years later. That's because your stupid show is written by a he's group like a hundred, of people that vote. He's like a hundred years later. <laughs> There's not one nerd that can say, that's wrong. Fix it. But yeah, it's, There's some kid that goes, but wouldn't it be cool if there was like a heroine, like a chick that like threw daggers? Or she has as much to say as the fucking historian at that meeting. That's what sucks about the way the world is now. <laughs> no. There's... I don't know how they write it, but it's it doesn't. Make and the historian's probably a girl. I'm not saying that. No, I imagine just, a hot like 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 Rachel be, Zelliger. It must be like Canute the next. Really tight, bro. Maybe the Danish weren't into the juniors and the thirds, the fourths. 
<laughs> like it didn't work for the French. It didn't look. It's not working for. Well, you know what you. What I think you look into it. What I'm noticing is if you trace it, actually the Vikings did conquer the world because if you really look at it. English history is just wave after wave of Vikings killing other Vikings. And, you know, they're all claiming to be English, but the Britons were wiped out hundreds and hundreds of years before that. <laughs> and so it's all these, like, Saxon, like, German people who are basically Vikings before the Viking Age, and then later it's Vikings in the Viking Age, wiping each other out. But they just happen to, like, get settled in France for a little while. And, I don't know, it's a bunch of Danish and, and Saxons and Jutes and Anglos, and these are all basically pre-Viking tribes. So... Basically, what I'm saying is, then they become England, and then England convinces all the kings on earth to kill each other, and they, you know, I convince that England is quietly the most powerful country on the fucking earth. So, Vikings actually did conquer the world. That's my theory. Because the English are actually fucking Vikings. Allegedly. That's why the Welsh hate them. Aren't they Roman? Allegedly. Roman. Didn't, like, Rome go there? There's some Roman involved, yeah. You want to do this? This is really, this is like a big, big monster rabble. I, I don't know. This will probably on. bore the fuck up. Do you want to? Let's, let's, mo let's both hit this and then let's go down the Remember? Do you want to do this? You remember that time? Yeah. Here, hit this. I'm going to still get lost. All right. Remember that time we went to, uh, we were going to Montana and we took that, that detour to, uh, Devil's Tower? Yeah. And you were telling me the story of the Cold War for like two hours. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, and this guy, didn't, I'm like, it was, I was like, so no one died? No. So it wasn't like the cold <laughs> discussion or something? No, the yeah. cold debate? <laughs> the cold bluff? Yeah. Like, what the, what, what, what war are you talking about? There's no one dying. The Cold War, you know what this is? COVID is just the Cold War. We're just getting three months of, like, Cold War shit again. This is just the Cold War again. Oh, stay in your house. Stay in your house. Everything's in back. Go inside your house. Same shit. That's, Cold War was just like COVID that went on for 30 years. But we do got to admit, though, would you say that for certain, definitely certain people, not of the, uh, you know, elderly. Oh, yeah, Russian women can be very hot. No, but I feel like certain, oh, it is, it's serious if you do get it, certain people will react differently. So it's not like it's like it's fake, but it's... No, I don't think it's fake. I think it's, there's really something out it's there. It's just blown out of proportion. We don't know how many of these people are reacting to, like, really bad treatment. Yeah. There's definitely some treatment issues that, that you know, of course, nobody's going to go into because there'd be way too many heads that roll, although I think if they just got to go to the top, it'd be good. But clearly, clearly, we've learned about how to use ventilators better because less people are dying from that. We, we definitely, they're not doing the ventilator thing the way they were before. And that is clearly involved in a lot of those pre-early deaths. And even with those early deaths, the percentage was still less than 1%. I think it's like 0.7, I think, the world population. 0.7. The world population died. Point, no, 0.7% of the people claimed to be infected have died. Is, is, and that's yeah. that would be a, a stretch at this point to be able to even put it that high. I mean, and that includes all the... The fact that you get 30,000, whatever. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, but I do think people are doing But here's the other things I'm talking about. You know what I don't, you know, here's, here's an example. All my dirtbag friend musicians, the only musician on earth that I know of that has died of anything COVID-related is John Prine, who's a 95-year-old man who quit smoking weed and cigarettes and drinking, like, fucking years ago. Was he it's in his songs. Was he Russian? No, he was not Russian. He was American. 
Da. Da, good American boy. All the other ones, all my dirtbag junk punk musician friends, all my, all my fucking anarch, anarchist whatever BLM, the whole extremist side of that that smoke cigarettes, butts off the ground, that fucking pass joints and pipes and whatever all day fucking long, quarantine or no quarantine, everybody's fine. Everybody's fucking fine. They, they've, they've had colds, they've, they've recovered, there's no problem. So, here's, here's one thing I would say, nobody's gonna like it, but, what is one thing they have in common? Or am I gonna say that cigarette, that fucking cigarette butts off the street fight COVID? No, I think that's what it is. So I think, the George Carlin sandbox theory, eh, maybe a little, but really, no, what I see is one little thing. All of my friends in the music scene, all these dirtbags, whether they believe in vaccinations or don't, let me tell you this. They're all fucking drunks and junkies, and they can't afford a vaccination, whether they believe in it or not. So none of these people get regular flu shots and all this. So all these regular-ass Joes I keep hearing about that are supposedly dying, go none of them. I, I know one person in my extended, extended, extended circle of friends on Facebook that died. I know people got infected, but that died? Oh, two. Two. One in Montana through Jeff, and it's a fucking five degrees of separation. I don't, it's a guy in Bozeman that Jeff knows a guy who knows a guy. So I don't even know the guy. But he was, I'm sorry, severely obese. And the other guy was a guy who worked for a guy that I know. A guy who, a guy who, a contractor who, my, a guy that I know hired. That's it. There's no other, so first of all, I don't think, I think these deaths are exaggerating. You're, you're hearing all these stories about people dying of other diseases and getting called COVID and, and the family's fighting back and, 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 you know, sometimes winning, sometimes losing, but... I think that's a big factor because, I don't know, who do you know? I, that's my experience. Nothing. Nobody. And and I would say this, though. Even if those people oh, are dying, wrong. differences? Our cousin, Robert. Who died? Oh, died. I thought you said no. Yeah, no. The idea of taking a swab, putting it in the mail, and having the mail send you back a thing that says you passed a test positive for COVID just doesn't impress me. That is the most easily rigged fucking possible way you could lay out that system. You should rig the swabs themselves. You should rig the fucking reception of the fucking, of the, you know. And then they're finding that. They're finding nerves, nurses are sending in swabs blank. And they're coming back COVID positive. I've heard other stories of nurses sending in swabs using pet names. Coming back positive. I've, I've heard a lot of stories. Of this. So there's definitely flaws. And on top of that, when the test first came out, the uh, several, like, doctors and chemists were saying, no, these, these tests won't even work. But how long could they, how long could they do this with, like, this is such a tough question, I guess. How long can they do this? I literally think that where England was going to be more interesting. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about no, that. No, go ahead. No, but it's just, it's, it's just like, how long can they do this without, when they realize, like, hey, we need this other, uh, this other, um, I would say, like, revenue stream because that's not right but like <laughs> but it is I guess but it is, it is you know like people you know come in for whatever cancer or uh, monthly or yearly updates you know certain things like that how long can you do that without realizing like instead of just marking everything COVID where you're like oh yeah you need 
this surgery, you need this, you know what I mean? How long can they do that where they're like, oh yeah, we need to be a fucking hospital, we need to actually take care of... Well, I'm not accusing people of mistreating, I'm, at this point, I'm consciously, though. But no, but, like, I've, I've seen, like, people aren't going to go get, they're not getting tested. Oh, they're not getting their other things done, yeah. Because they're scared that, and if it does... And in some places you can't even do it if you, you know, want you're to. stuck. It's so some of the hospitals are refusing for this, stuff like that. It's, it varies from place to place and hospital to hospital. And so that's where I'm kind of... That's, that's creating I'm a harmful bottleneck. Because all the propaganda on cancer, specifically about cancer, all the... One of the biggest, biggest linchpins of modern cancer treatment, mainstream cancer treatment, okay? Mainstream. Fuck it, is early detection. That's the first thing they preach. They're like, you can survive it, but you've got to detect it early. So you need to regularly massage your tits, et cetera, et cetera, right? Forgive my vulgarity, but you get the point. That's, the, that's what all these do. Same thing, massage your balls, massage your prostate, all this. It comes down to the first thing they say in all the brochures and everything, and then this is an established, is early detection and, and regular visits, and, you know, and this goes against all of that. And if all, any, if, if all those things are true, if that's a really important factor towards fighting these things, and I'm not saying it's not at all. I'm just saying that, so if that's true, well, then right now you're literally killing people according to your own, according to your own rhetoric. Right. Literally, people are dying because they're not discovering, they're saying, because they're saying literally early discovery changes the mortality rate this much, whatever percentage it is. That's like the first fucking thing you'll read in any cancer pamphlet on earth. Early discovery is like the first, it's like the main, it's the first way out according to western medicine that's right you know so to to, to go again yeah that's bad so it's just like because whatever x amount of money that's going to bring in right if you have colon cancer or whatever you got to go whatever amount of money that is oh you're talking financially from a hospital perspective well that is yeah because like let's just say i have whatever cancer and i need to go there because you have you know, chemo or whatever that it is. If I'm uh, I'm scared to go in because you say I have COVID and now I have to be in a room by myself. It's kind of like, well, it's like, well, I guess I won't go. I guess I'll do something else. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like whatever, whatever amount of money that <laughs> you, you know, they need to hear you. They, you need whatever to amount of that cancer money they're not getting no more. Whatever, you know what I mean? But they're only. That's why I'm kind of like worried. He's like, how long are you going to keep this up to where... When the hospitals turn on the movement. You're talking about a lot of money there. It's a, I think that's... I mean, I didn't ex anticipate that, that maybe that the hospitals could be the name of the push of serious pressure going the other way on this at the last second. Be like, you know what? You're costing us money. Fuck you. <laughs> All of a sudden, they'll get honest about the data and shit will stop real quick because the hospitals will get sick of not making... Because, I don't know. That's probably it, though. You know, how long can you keep... Part of it would make you that much, and here's the thing about this. Your hospital's in that position, right? Because you're a hospital, and it's COVID, right? You just described a very, I think, legitimate dynamic that obviously exists to some degree everywhere. So you're in that situation, right? And you're the guy that pays the bills, and you're the guy who answers to the board of directors. You're the boss of the hospital. Everything you just told me, how do you think that affects your decision whether or not to call the homeless guy that came in dead that looks like he might have died of COVID or he might have hit by a bus. Right. $30,000 to your suffering, dying hospital that's not getting any of the patients it normally gets. How 
do you think that doesn't affect your decision at all? Or do you think that leans you towards one way or the other? Your, 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 your business is in the red all of a sudden, out of the fucking blue. You're in the red. $30,000 if you assume it's COVID. Could be COVID. Probably had COVID. Everybody's got COVID. Fuck. Right. 30 grand. Yeah. And if you do it repeatedly, you have opportunities to do this three or four times a week at a slow place in a small town. You know? Fucking, well, maybe not small, small town, but a, but a place like Gillette, Wyoming or Rock Springs. You know, and then in, in a Denver, you've got 30 of these a day. Right. Well, hard attack. Did you see the guy that, uh, he was in the hospital for a couple of months dealing with COVID. He got out and dealing, his bill was ridiculous. It was like, it was either close to a million or close to two million. It was like, what? For COVID treatment? For his visit, for him to be at the hospital. How long did they keep him? I think like two, maybe three months. And that was, it was either... No, you gotta stay, you gotta stay, you can't leave yet, you're still contagious. Yeah, it was either close to a million or close to two million. But it was just kind of like... And ultimately they'll find a way to write that off to the federal, like, hey, well this is part of the emergency, Maybe. Look at the raping and pillaging, look at the hospital just taking advantage of this. Two million dollars? It could have, I... No, no, I believe your, your basis, no, it's one million, okay, one million. You're saying you're confident it was over one. It was, it was either close to one or close to two. So, over 750? Yeah. It was, uh, it was like 900,000 or 1.9 or something like that. It was, just, it was a ridiculous amount for two to three months. Of Jesus. You, and, and, you, and, and then people trust these guys. They're like, oh, no, no, no. These people wouldn't possibly write down a COVID death for 30 grand. Are you fucking kidding me? Look at what their track record is. The guys who make decisions, it's not the doctors. It's not, it's not the guys who are out saving lives. It's the guys who get promoted to the spot of run the money for the hospital but be the doctor's voice, right? That's the, the guy. And that guy doesn't get chosen because of how good of a doctor he is necessarily. You have to be a good enough doctor. You have to have a good reputation. What's important, though, to the board of directors when they put a guy in charge of the money aspect on a, from a medical advisor side of that hospital is does he know how to make money? Is he, does he have a clean record? Does he know what he's talking about on paper so we can put his name on shit and be free from lawsuits? And does he handle the money? And then his job is to find doctors who make good decisions and keep people alive. You know what I'm saying? The, the top doctor that runs that hospital, his job isn't to make sure all the surgery is perfect. His job is to make sure the shit's profitable. That's why he's top doc. The people who choose top doc are way more interested in how much money that hospital makes than whether or not 11 or 12 orphan kids get saved that year. Trust me. These are fucking billionaires we're talking about. So those billionaires are choosing top doc. Top doc is the guy in the hospital. Right? That's the guy. So it's not... So what I'm saying is this guy gets promoted because he handles money. And you're going to give him 30000 and then And then these, these hospitals go out and they charge fucking a million dollars to house you in an epidemic for a fucking simple a million fucking dollars and then you're going to look at me in, in the face and tell me no 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 these people would never fucking charge $30,000 to the federal government emergency fund because of the COVID thing when it, when it was dubious whether or not they had it much less if you're dumb enough to say that they wouldn't take the $30,000 when they 
knew it wasn't COVID and they just knew they could get away with it. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a... I'll tell you it. In other epidemics, you would get in trouble for doing this, but the CDC and the WHO released, they sent out letters to all these doctors saying, if you make mistakes on this, it's okay. We're getting rid of the category of suspected. No one will be prosecuted for accidentally calling something COVID that wasn't. There's a fucking letter that went out that I've heard read on the Senate floor, you know? So that's the difference is that now you can, you can so when you make this decision as top duck, you know that you won't be in trouble for it. You don't know, no, but you're pretty sure nothing will never come back on you. It's just sign this piece of paper. Every time you put your signature there, $30,000 to your hospital. Obviously, you need to have deaths to make up. Like, you know, I'm not saying they're making up deaths, but every time you sign one over as COVID, $30,000 federal relief money because they got to figure out where to send the money. They have to. They have to track COVID deaths. So this is you're gonna get paid for COVID deaths no matter what because that's the only way to track it. Yeah. They can't just give money to everybody evenly. That wouldn't be fair to New York. And they can't just give all the money to New York because that's not fair to everybody else. Right. So they have to track to some point where it's hitting. How do they track it? Infections and deaths, obviously. But that's the door where the corruption comes in. Is that the the the, the smoking gun? No. But the 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 carte blanche to do whatever you want and never be prosecuted from the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control, that is a smoking gun. And that does open the door for massive worldwide fraud for profit. And we just ruined this episode. England would have been a way better idea. We could edit that out. <laughs> it was a... The problem with COVID is people either agree with you or they don't, and no matter what you say, they're not going to think about it. They're not going to listen. They're just going to get mad at you, or they're going to be excited about you. Well, it's... I'll say one more thing, and then we'll just move on. Okay. So we don't really miss anything. <laughs> but no, you, I, th no I, I agree that if you... If you're one way or the other on COVID, it's the same thing as... Democrat Republican. Christian, non, uh, you know, atheist. It's like, it's like you have to be this or that, and it's like, that's the one thing I've, I've noticed in the last. Star Wars or communists? Or yeah, Star Trek. Or it's, it's just so dumb. It's like you can't like both. Or you can't agree with certain ideas from both parties. You know what I mean? Do you have that that eucalyptus? Yeah. I might need another. Dose. Another dram. Yeah. But I think uh, it is, and I don't, because there's, there's a couple things I've noticed from this, which I, bo I agree on both sides, which would mean that uh, I think in the beginning it was a little, you just didn't know what, the, what was going on, and as soon as things started to shut down, I think that's when it, she's right over here. I probably kicked her like twice, not forgetting that she was here. Oh, man. You have a plug nose. Put some eucalyptus oil. Oh, I could talk. Oh. Oh, yeah, eucalyptus. It's awesome. But, uh... So pretty much what I was saying was that, uh... 
there's 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 things on both sides that you can agree with and still be okay with. Like you can still be a conservative and then have liberal I liberal ideas. You can be an atheist but still see value in Christian morals. You know what I mean? You can. Yeah. Like with COVID, it's like yeah, I want things to be open up, run the same, but I can also wear a mask when I go to a public store. <coughs> two things. So. Positives. Two positives right there. One, the dispensary I go to, way better customer service. Except they fucked up the website recently. But but when the website is good, I the online ordering the mask is annoying. But everything else now, I get in and out of that place in fucking eight minutes. I have to admit that. As much as I hate this lockdown, my time buying weed went down by like 80%. Because it's streamlined and fast. You know? No, I'm not out yet. Well, I'll take one. That's the last one. So, I would say that. And then the other one was, maybe, I don't know. The world's become a lot more conscious after this about spitting on people when you talk. I noticed, or it could be in my head. You know how Denver is in the in the summertime. It's the evening. It's hot as fuck. It's cooling off. And my neighbor, who's a little sloppy, is talking to me from his second store balcony. He's my upstairs neighbor. And I'm underneath him, and I got my puppy on the grass. And he's leaning on his balcony, and he's about, oh, I'd say his mouth is... Oh. 12 feet above me and maybe 5 feet out. You know, 5 feet till I get across. Like like a, like a chess move from the night. Like 2 up, 1 over, right? And your, he... Uh, your movie is so sketch. He, uh, he starts talking to me. He's the guy that who gets paranoid <laughs> and acts like he's not paranoid. He's so paranoid in his head. <laughs> He's talking, and, and I'm sitting there with my dog, and I'm like, I'm feeling this. You know, it's Colorado, right? And it's evening in August, and so, like, sometimes we get this weird evening, you know. Today, we were sitting outside, and it was bright sun, a couple clouds in the sky, but way far away. And it's a bright, hot-ass day, and all of a sudden, just little drops of rain were randomly hitting you every fucking 30 seconds. You're like, the fuck? It's just that change of the seasons in Colorado. Well, I'm standing there. And he's talking on the balcony, and I'm just feeling his little foot, foot. I'm like, motherfucker. Nah, he's pretty far away. And I kind of, do 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 hey, Gibson, did you go pee yeah? We go kind of use her as an excuse, and I walk a little fuck away from his porch. Yeah. And then he shimmies over, and I do it again. But I just kept feeling it, and I'm like, fuck, is this guy spraying me from this far away? Or am I losing my mind? So... I mean, on the episode, we'll be up more sensitive to it for for good and bad, meaning that that'll be a whole new psychosis. You know, people, like, scratch themselves with little bugs on them. Now they're going to be forever, from this point on, there's going to be, like, tweakers on meth running around screaming yeah. that people coughed on me. You know what I mean? They're trying to dust their shoulders off, like, like getting hit by buses. That's a whole new dynamic, psychologically, is this whole say it, spread thing. Because I, I was just like, man, for all these years, I've talked to people on balconies, I never know I was getting spit on, but now I'm like, boy, I'm fucking sure these motherfuckers are spitting on me. And I'm just like, it's because people have had masks on, so you don't feel it all the time, and maybe you're becoming a lot more, and now when it does happen, you're like, ah! Which, man, that can really do a lot of damage socially. I haven't noticed, uh, I have a mask off. 
I see spit on a motherfucker. Just fucking let it fly. One love. I mean, there's worse things you can get. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? God damn, I forgot what I was gonna say. That's something what you were saying. Spit. One love. Give that one how, one how. Let's get together and feel alright. I forget what I was about to say. I said to my colleague Culkin, one love. Yeah. You've done, uh, you've done 90 minutes or so. You want to take a quick little break and talk about England, or? I mean, yeah, I can talk about England right now, motherfucker. Yeah? Do you need a break? I just got one of those. Alright, we're going to take a break. Alright, and we're back. We had to take a break because uh, there's, there's multiple fucking fires going on in Colorado. And uh, there's a lot of smoke in the air and it's just kind of fucked up my last couple of days. Zach failed breathing class in, in kindergarten. Well, as you notice from the beginning to now, you can notice <laughs> that I have a nasal fucking problem with all this. So I'm trying to do it, but uh, I definitely noticed if the if Yellowstone were to erupt, I'd be fucked. You should all these Hollywood movies of people surviving. I would definitely just be, uh, you know, think, oh yeah, I could do it. Oh, yeah, I could breathe through all this. I could wear a mask. And... <laughs> you see the movie Volcano and you just get a headache. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> fuck that movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead before the fucking ash fucking hits. Like, I'm, it's awful. So I've definitely noticed. I think I've come to terms with crazy amount of fires or a volcano. I'm dead. I'm not, I'm not surviving that. This is a puppy trying to chew on the mic trying to chew on the cord she thinks it's bedtime and she's mad at me we're still talking she has toys she has I, I was like oh I'll just bring her up in my lap and chill her up no she's no she's like well, she wants it now she was so chill earlier go back to sleep go back to sleep it's so boring everything sucks Carco Bain is dead So don't be messing with that over there. All right, this isn't working. Uh, Get that toy going again. You got to get her just aroused by the tiger. All right, puppy. All right. So before we went to break, we were going to talk about probably our uh, our last subject of of the pod, which we were talking about England quite a bit, talking about how the Danish... The English and how the Henrys and Edwards and the uh, Alfreds of the world, early England, right? Yeah. There's, there's not so many Alfreds as time goes on. No, they're, they're, Maybe that's an actual Celtic name, and that's why it disappears. The the other names are are more are more German, slightly Germanic, I think. I don't know, it gets confusing. But the, yeah, the names get fucking hell confusing. All these wolves, Beowulf, Athelwolf, 
<laughs> that's go. All right, that's back in like. Uh, yeah, that's definitely kill. The well. Uh, no. Yeah. I think, see, I think those again are even Germanic tribes coming over because Beowulf is definitely a, a, a Germanic, well, we think of it, it's a, it's the oldest thing written in the English language in a sense, but it's not really in English, it's an old English, which is a spinoff of like Germanic, it's, it's it's not, the shit, the Beowulf you read is not literally the Beowulf that was written down, you know, it's been translated, like it's not in our English at all. Right. It's in an ancient ass Viking fucking English. But again, you know, Viking, like Germanic. Like, see? So, once you're Athelwolf, I don't remember, but you're talking third or fourth century there, like the old, old times, like the after the, the fall of Rome and the, the quote Dark Ages. I don't know. I know right now I'm, I'm reading more. I, I went into what I could find. There's not a lot of, ev- of things to re- read about those people because. Uh, well, most of them, I guess. The either the records were destroyed, or a lot of those tribes were just simply illiterate and didn't even have records to begin with right. in that time. So that that period, right, right there in England, is very, very dark. From, I mean, the whole period is dark early on, but it, it gets particularly dark after Rome leaves the area, basically, which is. What time were we talking? What time were we talking when the Romans left? Came and left. That part. Of, I want to say Hadrian's Wall. So it comes down to like there's these there, the one of the markings. I'll I'll call. It, I believe Hadrian's Wall. I want to say is like second century or third century. So two or three hundred years at the most after Christ, though. Right. So for a couple hundred years, basically at the time of uh, at zero BC, at the time of Christ, about um, oh, is it, I think it's AD. I think Caesar goes up like about 50 years after that while that's going on. I'm starting to panic. I think it's BC. I, but I think it's AD. I'm really, I'm getting pretty drunk at this point in the show. But yeah, it's it, so, so Julius Caesar is running around in Gaul and he finishes pretty much finishes off all of the ancient Celtic Gaulish, whatever people, the, the tribal barbarians of the early ones of, of the European basic like continent that we know of like Spain and, and France and Germany, that area. He has those guys basically subjugated. And then he goes across to England and he fights these guys called the Britons. Well, actually he fights these guys called the Asseni. But I'm sorry. Anyway, with our puppy's like freaking out over here, but she's cool. She's just getting crazy looking. Um, so I'm sorry. What? Wait. What, what am I talking? Why am I talking about? What were you wondering oh, about England? I'm, Fifty years after Caesar, or I was talking about when Rome, Rome came and left. Oh, so Rome leaves. Caesar. Caesar goes over to England and then it's and doesn't get much accomplished, and then he gets murdered when he comes home, and then the, Rome goes back and establishes a little bit more of a base, and they're there for like a couple, maybe I think it's actually you know what it might be it's around three hundred, three to four hundred eighty. So for like three hundred, three hundred to four hundred years, Romans control the lower. The southern edge of England and like the lowlands, like the plains, like so they come in at sea level and they control like the grassy 
easy areas basically they can't handle they never conquered or got anywhere successful with the welsh in the mountains to the west or the cornish which is a kind of crazy little peninsula you know they didn't get any of that but they did get the the basic like bread basket of england they controlled and they they, they didn't get very far into scotland they built a wall called hadrian's wall anyway it's about 400 years and then uh and so there's roman influence that's why English is such a fucked up language is because it starts with a Celtic influence, which is a really old, very isolated language family. And then, and then, and then the Romans come in because the early guys that the Romans fought were like more closely related to like the Irish of today than they were to well, whatever the British really like they were, they were a Celtic tribe and the Romans fought them. And then they, they inherited a bunch of Roman traits because whenever you're touched with the Roman world, you inherit all, all this access to all these new technologies and trades and things from around the world that you would have never had access to. So you Romanize, I would think in most cases very quickly. And so the, the places in the lowlands got a heavy Roman influence for a little while. And then Rome utterly collapses more or less converts to a religion basically in a long story short. And then um, at that point, these people who are now a hybrid mix of some romantic, some romantic uh, or Roman influenced, you know, trade and math and language and stuff is, is influencing them because they, they've learned from them. Romanex. 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 And then mixed with this you like know, Celtic tradition, yeah. you know, whatever was left of it. But then those people get invaded by all these Germans who are like, but, but German back then, these are the, the Saxons and the Anglos. And these are basically people who are, have a lot of the same beliefs and, and language patterns as the guys who later become Vikings. It's just before the Vikings, we're talking 500, 600, 780. And all these German people start coming across the water and invading the same easy to access low parts of England that the Romans did and they succeed. And so then you have a mix now of Celtic Roman which is Roman meaning romantic, meaning like the same uh, more common language roots as the Spanish, the French, Portuguese, right? That's mixed in there with the old Celtic. And now you've got these German traditions. Then these people go wave after wave, like we're talking about. And it's basically Vikings and, you know, Germans, Vikings, however you want to define it. It's a, neither, they're neither German nor Vikings. No, they're those two, neither of those two cultures have happened yet. It's just a question of how you want to look at it. But they're, they're basically, to me, the same thing. And they they all come over and establish themselves. But again, mixing into this laundromat of languages I'm talking about in England. And then at that point, you have this weird pidgin language being spoken in the lowlands of England. That's a mix of Celtic, Roman, and German. And then these sons of bitches from Normandy come over. And they conquer the whole fucking country with like 500 knights. Well, the easy, again, the easy low parts. And so they take over that same part where all the mixing pot of languages. And now they're all French speaking, which is a Roman thing again, but particularly French. And they control the place for a while for, I don't know, they get bred in ultimately. They never do lose. The Norman invasion of England never really gets defeated. It just gets bred into everything. So... For a couple hundred years, the royal people controlling England speak this French language and all their peasants speak this weird German, Celtic, Roman mix. 
over time, ironically to us being Irish, the, the, the Hitler of all the English Kings, Edward Longshanks, Edward II, he does this amazing thing though for the English speaking world historically, because he's the guy that comes along out of Norman royalty who decides that all the, all these French Kings have to speak English. Now they have to speak like the common people because he's trying to weaken the connections to mainland France so that the French Kings and stuff can't fuck with his politics. So he's like, well, I'm not going to let my people speak their language unless that, you know, they have to go out of their way. He's just, he's just trying to make establish England as its own entity and not an extension of Normandy, therefore France. So he starts in order to develop his independence. He says, all right, well, anybody caught speaking French, you know, I'm going to fucking shoot you or whatever. And he does a law like that, actually, a pretty harsh law against that, which goes on to form. So at that point, the nobility starts speaking this pigeon English language. So now you have French woven into it, which is just more romantic, I guess. But particularly, that's why there's so much French in English is because it comes from the time period. Well, all of our words about politics and rich people were French because it was the Normans that were saying them. And us peasants had words like shit and cow and milk for the shit we had to worry about. <laughs> Just basic, now basic here's, needs. Here's a little interesting thing. I know that was really boring. I hope everybody doesn't want to kill me now. But here's an interesting point. Part of that evolution, that unique evolution of the English, English language is why I believe, at least I've, I've, I've read about things about it and I think it makes perfect sense. But... English, as ter- in terms of ASCAP royalties, music paid out for playlists and such from a, on an industry perspective around the world, the recording industry is still very much the English-speaking songs make the most money. Most More people, English is the language of international music more than any other. More people listen to English songs around the world that don't speak English than any other language. We don't, and people who listen to English speaking songs in English speaking countries don't give a fuck about anything that's not in English, you know. So it's like it's the most, it dominates strangely. The English language dominates uh, music around the world lyrically in a, in a weird way that even goes beyond the amount of influence that the English speaking world has around has. And part of why that is, big part possibly is that English has the most, you can say it has the most monosyllabic words, the shortest words, because it was made by all these pigeon, like all these waves and waves of people killing each other and and and, and, and there's the sort of slave culture that developed these really short syllable, simple structure sentences. So while English is a complicated, confusing language to learn for foreign people, once you understand English, you can say more with less syllables than almost any language on earth. That's why when you watch a movie that's subtitled in English, the guys always moves, lips are always moving way after the sentence is over, or if nothing else, they had to put a bunch of bullshit in the English sentence. It's like, well, the flower of her youth seems to be waning while the time comes. But it's just because the fucking sentence for, holy shit, there's a guy coming over the hill in some other language. Like, English has the most words that are hill, guy, theirs, a. Right. It's the sh- it's short. It's not hill. You know, it's tierra. You know, it's it's these long and that's German is the same, and Celtic is the same. And they're all overly fancy. English so where did is it, like English come from. Did that weird long ass boring story I just told you? 
all those languages rolled together all that 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 mixture of languages and then ultimately and officially where does english come from it comes from edward goddamn longshanks the same guy who banned hurling fucking cocksucker he had every right yeah he was in his <laughs> It was in his power to do that. I think that actually had a lot to do with archery. From the Irish perspective, it's this horrible encroachment on their cultural rights. But from the English perspective, I think at that time, it was actually, no, no, no. Literally, we need every motherfucker on earth to fucking practice shooting bows. Yeah, we got a bigger game to play with this one. Yeah, that's that's why they were, it's a whole other long, boring story. Yeah. But as far as going from like the Danish... Eagle Lake. So it kind of keeps going Danish. So the Danish, like oh, Knut, like Knut, the guy you're talking about, that's like, I believe, like, it's like four or five hundred, something like that. It's a, like 900 or a thousand AD. What? Okay. All right. Well, after he had, after him, I, so I don't know, more Vikings? I'm too drunk. There's more Vikings. I don't, uh, somebody else comes across from Germany. And takes out more shit. Or that might be, well, no, because it wasn't Knut. Knut falls to, I believe, he's Dane. And then it goes back to Saxon for a little while, I think. So I'll actually try and be intelligent here and stop making jokes. Like, I think it goes back to Saxon. And they go, they got this one king that was only king for like a few months or something. He wins like one battle and then he loses his next battle. And he's the last Saxon king. And he falls to the beginning of the Norman wave I told you about, which is the guys from France. And those guys even have some, I don't know, they're not, they're Norman, they're not French, you know, they're they're kind of Germanic themselves. <laughs> but but the, the thing about the the difference in the Norman conquest or the other ones, the waves of all the Saxons and stuff like Knut and all these guys, it's just like tons and tons and tons of people and, and, and uh, I don't know what I'm uh, much more. Why would they go to farmers just slaughtering the farmers and taking over the land and pill? Why was England such a hotbed for all this? I think it was because they could never quite. It was always vulnerable because they you couldn't raise quite enough of an. If you could build a big enough army on the continent to fight around to fuck around in France and Germany and fight people. If 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 you were like eh, I could fight you, but we would beat the ship. I would have almost nothing left. Or I could, if I know somebody who can build some boats, <laughs> I can just go over to England and beat the shit out of these guys on this little island that are way easy. You know what I mean? So I think it was, and and whenever you got settled in England, it always becomes, I think that they, they, they couldn't raise armies the way that other countries could. They had to be more political about it. That's why the Magna Carta happens in England too, which is the first time they give rights supposedly to everyone. It was really just to all the nobility, but basically saying the king basically can't just walk down the street and shoot people was basically what the Magna Carta more or less from an American perspective, in my opinion, comes down to the Magna Carta said, Oh, everybody has rights. And, uh, you know, yeah. which was, was not a belief before that happens first in England because England is so hard to get people to, you're not constantly being invaded from the North, South, East and West by barbarians. Like you are when you're in England. So people are less willing to give up all their children to conscription. And yeah, yeah they can all be soldiers cause they're not scared. And they're more like, eh, what the fuck are you doing? It's just a more resistance. So it made it, it's, I think, I think that's it. That's part of what I wonder. Why is England so unique? Why does England end up having this constantly being 
it never gets completely conquered, realized. Nobody that ever comes across to England ever gets Ireland sacked. No one ever gets all of Scotland. Nobody ever gets all of Wales. Nobody ever gets all, well, I'm not, I don't think they get all of Cornwall. So the ironic thing is too, it keeps, it always, it's almost like Russia. It always collapses like halfway. And then, but in the meanwhile, by collapsing halfway, it becomes this weird mix of all these different cultures. And then being on the island, when the age comes in, in the, in the medieval times we're talking about, maybe they, they were, they had some success because they were isolated and they could, you know, fight their enemies on the beaches and, and then, and then meanwhile, focus on, you know, whatever. But then the, you know, they, they didn't have the advantage of just massive numbers of people the way the continental guys did. But then when trading became a bigger thing, when the world got bigger, when they explored and they found the new world and when people started moving boats and moving goods from China back and forth to Europe, England's history as an island and culture growing up dealing with ocean people fucking with Vikings their whole lives really paid off. They become... They adapted obviously faster to the naval world than everyone around them, and they, you know, end up becoming the most powerful country. You know, Spain collapsed, France collapsed. Right. Who's left? Damn. So, like, why would you think that's why England is? Uh, they're like they're just ready to scrap. They're not afraid of nobody. They're good at boxing. They're good at. Oh, they're on top of the world, man. That's a powerful, connected country. Come on. But they're, I mean, they're, like in their culture. They want America to... back. America is like England's big hammer. You fuck with England, they'll sick America on you. <laughs> That's what I, I don't know. Well, yeah, England is, you know what? So in American culture, I feel like our bad guys are often have British accents. And uh, the guys in our movies who are intellectual have British accents. So we're taught... Not we're taught that that an English accent means that you're a nefarious plotting type and that you're smarter too. So a lot of people will hear somebody with an English accent and it's like they'll assume they're smarter. If 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 if, if they if you know your your classmate is from England, you're gonna sit closer to him and cheat off his homework because you're gonna think he's smarter. Because oh, he talks like this. We've been brainwashed into thinking they're better. Hey, what are you tearing up, puppy? I mean, and maybe there are whatever educated or, but I, I'm not saying they are or not. I just, just that I think that there's a definite stigma in that. Then I forgot why I brought that up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, I forgot what your question was. I just never got like why people would really want to stay, you know, in England and fight over it for so long with like, even though, as you said, it was vulnerable and it's just like, why would you want to stay there? I wonder but, too. But throughout time, they became good fighters. Well, it's weird because in other places you read about people moving through different areas and settling here or there, but nobody ever goes to England and leaves. Yeah. Once they go to England, they fight and die for it. So there must be something cool about that place because people would, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go conquer England. Be like, Knut the Great, you know, he had all this other shit. He lost the rest of it, but he held on to England because he was like, oh, I like this place. Fuck all that. And then he becomes an English king. You know, like there's a lot of that in their history. That's another weird thing about it. Maybe it just seems quieter. In a way, you're outside of the you're on a, a more removed level of politics from the rest of the world. I think over there, you know, everybody has a like you can you can march over your fucking enemy's house and burn it down. 
But if your enemy lives in England, at the very least, you got to march, get on a boat, ride the boat, get off the boat, and then boat burn your homies. You know what I mean? It's just one more step of, like, pain in the ass. So England has a certain amount of, like, fighting from, like, long distance. Like, hey, fuck you, buddy. Uh, maybe that's the appeal, but every, anyone who went there seems to want to stay. You got these guys that ran empires that were like, that's the Danish phase, especially all those Danish kings controlled several islands and several, and, and just the small part of England, just the down Danish kind of part, right? But over by Denmark <laughs> and they had like that and a bunch of shit. But every time they would come over and they get a piece of England and then they would, kind of just stay there. You don't hear about them ever going back to anywhere else. They right. either gradually lose it or it's of no consequence. Yeah. It's a weird part. Of, England's got a really unique spot, man. But yeah, then you're reading Shakespeare and all these guys are killing each other and they're all changing their names. I don't know what the fuck's going on. All I can tell you is how in confusing English history is. I can't actually clarify anything for you. It's just a bunch of pronouns. It's a bunch of fucking pronouns. Thanks, Shakespeare. You've done it again. Shakespeare started the whole rainbow thing. Got it all confusing. Don't know what word you're even allowed to say. Is it him or Chaucer? <laughs> Just kidding, I don't know. I think Chaucer's older, but... Yeah. Well, shit. We've gotten uh, quite a bit done today. I hope some of it's actually useful at all. I feel like that rambling bullshit is probably not that good, but uh, who knows? Maybe someone will like it. Fuck it, put it up there. Or, well, this has been the uh, mustache derby. <laughs> We're out.